Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Countercultural Sermon Series. Countercultural is a study of the Beatitudes and explores our call to be different. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. We're in the middle of this series called Countercultural. We've been studying the Beatitudes, and today we're going to continue in that study. But this week, I happened to be talking to one of our life group leaders, and he was just sharing with me how, how deep the discussions have been in their individual small group. We call them life groups at Valley Brook about, about these individual verses that Jesus gives us about who truly is blessed. And, you know, I have to say that even in my own study, as I prepare for these messages each week, I've been just really blessed as God has shown me the, the depth and the breadth of, of these verses. And, and what they mean is we allow God's word to interpret God's word. So uh, today we're going to be looking at the seventh verse in uh, cha- Matthew chapter 5, and it's the beatitude that says, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, let's just start with a simple definition of mercy. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines mercy as compassion shown, especially to an offender or to one subject to one's power. Compassion shown, especially to an offender or to one subject to one's power. Now, theologian John Stott just very simply said this, mercy is compassion for people in need. Mercy is compassion for people in need. Think about that. Think about who needs mercy. When you read scripture, you'll see that uh, it just overflows with mercy from God to humanity. We're gonna look at four things, maybe some more, uh, that define what mercy is and uh, we're going to see that, that God has showered us with mercy. And as Christ follows, not only do we need to understand it, but that we no, no, need to understand that it's been given to us and we're supposed to give it to others. So here's the first thing we can say about mercy. Mercy is generous. Mercy is generous. Let me read this passage from Ephesians. I'm going to pause in the middle of it and just say a few things and then I'll finish it up. From Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. As for you... You are dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So did you catch that? We were dead in our sins, Uh, We were dead in our misdeeds. We were following the ways of the world. We were following uh, the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's Satan. That's uh, now at work. And it says all of us, not some of us, it says all of us lived among them at one time and we were gratifying the cravings of our flesh and desires. But let's continue. Let's see what God did. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. 
It is by grace that you have been saved. The riches of God have been poured out on us. And God did what? He saved us. He offers salvation to anyone who will receive it by faith in Jesus Christ. You see, we were dead in our self-centered sinfulness. And we don't think about that too often, but, but you know, sometimes we think of sin in, in different categories. You know, we, we think of, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, I, I haven't murdered, I haven't committed adultery, uh, you know, I haven't taken the Lord's name in vain, but, but uh, you know, sin is defined in Scripture by knowing what is right to do and then not doing it. And there's a lot of other things that fall into that category. And generally, it's based on what we want to do, on our self-centeredness. So in God's great mercy, he gave us a second chance. We didn't earn it. To be truthful, we were without hope. But God, who is rich in all things, generously lavished this mercy upon us. And he gave us the right to have eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. And he poured out his Holy Spirit to live in us while we're on this earth. Now, here's something that's always important for me when I think about the generosity of God. In the book of Romans, it says that God did this while we were still enemies of God. In other words, while we didn't believe in God, when we were... We may not have been directly opposed to God, but we weren't friends of God. We weren't pursuing God. We ignored God. We were living without God. Whatever you want to say, the Bible says that we were enemies. And God did this for us in his richness and his generosity. He did this for us while we were still opposed to what he wanted to do in our lives and in the world. Now, I don't know about you, but with anybody that opposes me, anybody that's an enemy, it's, it's hard to think about lavishing the riches of mercy on them. But that's God. And God calls us to not only receive that generosity he gives to us, but to also be generous with that mercy to the rest of the world. That helps us grasp this verse from Matthew. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So, the first thing we need to understand about mercy is that it's generous. Here's the second thing we need to understand. Mercy forgives. Uh, listen to this scripture. You know this scripture, actually, part of it. I think many of you do. It's the, from the Lord's Prayer. And I think we all think about the Lord's Prayer. It starts off with our Father who art in heaven, and then we go all the way through it. But what we don't recognize is that when Jesus gave this teaching on how to pray to the disciples, after he concluded the Lord's Prayer, he actually began to talk more about forgiveness. So I'm going to pick up in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. You'll recognize it if you know it. But then we're going to go and see what he says about forgiveness. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. John Stott, a great theologian, passed away a few years ago. He wrote this about that verse, that if we forgive other people when they sin against us, our Father in heaven will forgive us. This is what he said. 
He said, this is not because we can, merit, we can earn mercy by giving mercy or forgiveness by giving forgiveness, but because we cannot receive mercy and forgiveness from God unless we repent. And we cannot claim to have repented of our sins if we're not merciful toward the sins of others. Nothing moves us to forgive like the wonderful knowledge that we have ourselves been forgiven. Nothing proves more clearly that we've been forgiven than our own readiness to forgive. To forgive and to be forgiven. To show mercy and to receive mercy. Those belong indissolvably together. To have mercy is to have compassion on others for they are sinners like us. Now think that one through. Think that one through. God wants us to be merciful toward the sins of others. Even the sins of others that are committed against us. Mercy is generous. Mercy is forgiving. You know, I think for all of us, our natural response is that, you know, when we think about mercy, we think about receiving it. We don't, we don't think about giving it. But, but think about your own life. Consider, consider your life, the good and the bad, the misdeeds and the good deeds. If they were set on a, on a heavenly balance, a heavenly scale, and you put the sins on, uh, the good deeds on one side and the, and the bad deeds on the other side, you know, a lot of people think, well, if it equals out, then I'll be okay. Or if the, the, the good deeds are better than the bad deeds, I'll be okay. But think this one through. One bad deed in God's economy is greater than a million good deeds. So we need the mercy of God. It, it's not about balancing out doing enough good deeds to balance off the bad deeds. The reality is we can't do that, so we need the forgiveness of God. There's nothing that we can do that is good enough to pay for our sin. And the reality is, even when we confess our sins, because of our human nature, we will sin again. And we'll need to ask for forgiveness. God gives mercy and forgiveness to those who ask for it. And he calls us his sons and daughters when we come to faith in him. And he asks us to give the forgiveness to others that we ourselves have been given. So blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So mercy is generous. Mercy forgives. Here's the next thing that we need to understand. Mercy is compassionate. Mercy is compassionate. The compassion of Jesus is crystal clear, particularly in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and, Luke, and John. Let's look at this conversation in Jesus' life where he makes compassion, what it looks like, very clear. Beginning in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And, Jesus got, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, 
It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. The Pharisees wanted to judge and condemn those who didn't live like they did. Now, because tax collectors are despised and and hated and, and considered to be dishonest, by all people. I mean, they're universally considered to be that way. Uh, That was an easy target. So not only were they targeting Matthew, they were targeting his uh, tax collector friends, but they were also targeting Jesus with their judgment and their condemnation. The Pharisees' questions would have been questions that the people hearing that story would have had also. But Jesus responded to their judgmental condemnation with merciful compassion, explaining God's perspective on sinful humanity. This is what he does. He he goes back to the Old Testament and he quotes the prophet Isaiah who spoke for God. God gave him these words and Jesus says, listen, go and learn what this means. And the quote was from God, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. These are God's words of what he desires from his people. These are God's words saying, listen, I'm not so impressed that you keep the letter of the law, you're making sure you do all the right things and all the wrong things, keeping the the to-dos and the don't-dos separate. I'm really concerned that how you do that in relationship with me, how you do that in relationship with others. It's very easy to, to sit outside and say, listen, I'm going to make sure I do the right things all the time and not the wrong things. Or it's very easy to sit in judgment of people who who do the wrong things. But he's saying, listen, it's not about empty rules. It's about being in a relationship and and working through when we have a mistake. It's, It's about having compassion for people when they fail. Jesus saw the Pharisees' condemnation, and he saw their judgment, and he called it out. He said, basically, the the law wasn't meant to be worshipped. The law was made to help us worship God. So Jesus had compassion, and he called out this uh, merciless, misguided talk from the Pharisees. Now, think this one through. The Pharisees as a group no longer exist today. That's part of, uh, uh, of the history of Israel. But we can adopt that same type of attitude that they had. When we see people who don't do things that they, that the way that we believe they should be done according to Jesus, we can be judgmental. We can put them in a box. We can say, we judge you because of this. We need to recognize that we're called to be compassionate, to walk with people, to hear their story, to share with them about Jesus and share how Jesus has changed our lives, not judge them, but help them come along through a relationship with us where we can lead them into a relationship with Jesus. Mercy is compassionate. Jesus demonstrated this compassion. He he basically said, listen, relationships are more important than religion. Empty religion is not what I want. I want you to have a relationship with the Father through faith in me. And I want you to walk together through this life and have relationships with one another as we're seeking God together. 
Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So mercy is compassionate. Jesus demonstrated this truth too. Mercy heals. When we're merciful to others, it brings healing into their lives. Listen to this story from Matthew chapter 20. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted out all the louder. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they answered, we want our sight. So Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight and followed them. Jesus had mercy on these blind men, men and, and he called out to them after they called to him, and, and, they, and he healed them. When we experience God's mercy, he can heal us, and he can bring healing into our lives into our brokenness, into our relationships, into our guilts, into our broken bodies. When we give mercy to others as we've received mercy, it can heal broken relationships. It can heal damaged emotions. When we pray for God's mercy to heal others, God the great physician answers those prayers. I can't state this strongly enough. God's mercy heals us, and when we show mercy to others, it's healing ointment to them. And when we're merciful to others, that brings healing into their lives. So again, Jesus said, you know, we're blessed when we are merciful to others. In other words, when we do what he calls us to do. There's one final thing that I, I wanna share with you about what mercy does. Mercy has the, the power to save people for eternal life. If you've never believed in, in Jesus today, I want you to hear this. And if you have, I want you to recall. Recall where you were when you finally understood that Jesus offered you forgiveness for your sins. That he was willing to forgive you no matter what you had done. That, that God through Jesus, was willing to say, you know, if you believe in my son and receive his forgiveness, I'll look at you and say, what sin? That's mercy. And that saves. When we understand the, the mercy that's offered to us through faith in Jesus Christ, we understand that saves. We understand that changes our lives. We understand that changes the world when we realize that he offers that kind of eternal life to us. Clarence Jordan's uh, just a normal guy. He started a farm in uh, Georgia. Uh, the farm was basically uh, cooperative to work with people who were following Jesus, who wanted to take care of themselves and live off the land. And in the process of that, he uh, started a housing uh, program that, that became Habitat for Humanity. And he he he. While he was a farmer, he was also a man who thought deeply about the things of God. And this is what he said about the power of mercy to bring salvation to people. 
He said, the merciful realize that even though they share the material wealth, regardless of how great it may be, they still have given but little. For they know that while physical needs can be acute, the hunger and thirst of the soul is far greater. They themselves have been through the craving for the righteousness and they have discovered its amazing power to satisfy. This experience and this knowledge makes them possessors of true riches. They know a secret. To them, a great mystery has been revealed. But if they, if they seek to keep their secret, they'll lose it. Because mercy is supposed to be given away. It brings life to people. So I say to you, if you've never told Jesus you believe in him and accept his forgiveness for your sins, then I encourage you to do that today, to receive that promise, uh, saving promise of eternal life. Now, for those of us who are following Jesus and we look at these words of Jesus in, in the Beatitudes and when we see this, blessed are the merciful for, for they will be shown mercy, we have to ask ourselves some questions. We have to wrestle with this because there comes with this this understanding that, that God has given us these words and really told us, listen, you're blessed if you're merciful because you're going to receive mercy. But we understand that we've received mercy if we've come to faith in Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is speaking to his followers and he says something that, that all of us need to understand with, with all of the blessings that God gives those who follow him. He says, and I'm going to paraphrase this, to whom much is given, much is required. So just in the context of mercy, let's just think about that. Just in the fact that you recognize that you've been treated mercifully by God, you did not deserve eternal life because of your sin, but you were given the opportunity to receive eternal life, and you did. To whom much is given, much is required. So as people who have received the mercy of God, we need to share the mercy of God. In fact, in your own life, you may recognize that it's through somebody sharing with you that they had received the mercy of God that you eventually came to the place where you believed in Jesus and received mercy for your sinfulness. So let me ask you this question. To whom do you need to give mercy? Who in, who in your life needs to be treated mercifully by you? Is it somebody in your family? Somebody close to you that you haven't been merciful to? Is it a, is it a friend or an acquaintance that you've, you just have had a tough time getting along with? Is it somebody at work? Somebody in the neighborhood? Somebody at school? To whom do you need to show mercy? You know, Jesus said that you're blessed because you're merciful. You know, sometimes we fail to understand that what we've been given is not to, to be kept just for us, it's to be shared. The mercy that we've received from God is, 
is mercy that we need to share. And I think about this, and maybe you do too, in the context of what is happening in our world right now where there seems to be very little mercy being given. What would happen if the body of Christ understood that they had been given mercy and that they needed to give mercy to others. Would it change the, the things that come from our mouth? Would we, would we stop ourselves and say, I won't say that. I won't put that on social media. I want to be merciful to others. You see, it, it, it starts individually with us, but it, it ripples out to our entire world. So I ask again, to whom do you need to show mercy today? You know, I think in my own life, God's been dealing with me that as, as he's opened my, my mind to understanding more of, of the race issues going on in our culture, and I really feel like God is, is helping me. He's been merciful to me to help me understand how I need to understand what my friends of color go through, and it's been eye-opening, and I, I'm humbled that, that I finally have seen more of what I need to see, and I'm just on the beginning of that journey, but I believe that God wants us to understand that he's been merciful to us, and he wants us to understand where other people are coming from. And sometimes being merciful just means this, zipping our lips and turning on our ears, just sitting and listening to other people's stories. The Lord wants to begin a revolution through his sons and daughters. That's us. Let's let it begin today. I'm gonna invite Chris to come up. He's gonna play a song because during this song, I really would like us to spend some time with God talking about mercy uh, to him, how asking him to whom we need to show mercy and the lyric of the song I wanted to share with you is, it goes this way uh, in the refrain. It says, you delight in showing mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God delights in showing mercy. God delights when his sons and daughters show mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's stop the judgment and start the mercy. So I'm just going to invite you into a time of contemplative prayer while Chris plays. He's going to sing a song. You can listen to it if you want to or just want to pray. And talk to God about where he wants you to show mercy in this life, in this world. And commit to him to following through with that today. So if you would bow your heads, I'm going to start us off in prayer and then I'm just going to sit down and let uh, us talk to God. Lord, you delight in showing mercy and you've been merciful to us. We thank you. We want to be merciful to others. Let it begin with each one of us. So, so hear us as we talk to you about that. Amen.
Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.